0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My co-host today is Nathan. Hello, and thanks for having me. Today's topic, Superman the Animated Series, one of the more beloved superhero shows from the 90s, following in the footsteps of Batman the Animated Series. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. So this show came out in the 90s. Did you watch it as it was coming out? I know you was a big fan of Batman. Yeah,
1: admittedly not. Uh, I was aware of it, and I know it followed on from the the Batman animated series. Um, Same creative team behind it. I'm pretty sure Bruce Tim and Paul Dini and um, and et al., they were all in it. Uh, Well, they were all part of it. Um, I'm certainly aware of it. I did catch a handful or a spate of episodes here and there, but certainly wasn't an ardent
0: devotee of it. I didn't tune in regularly. In the 90s, this was one of two Superman TV shows that was on air around about the same time. We also had Lois and Clark's The New Adventures of Superman. I've talked about that show many times on yeah. air. I'm a big fan of that show. That was live action, right? Yes. yes. With Dean Cain, Terry Hatcher. Yes, yes, yes. I was a big fan yep. of that one. This show at the time, I watched it when it was on, but I didn't go out my way to watch it. The 90s for me was Batman the Animated Series, X-Men, Spider-Man. yeah. It was all of those. It wasn't until I came back to this show much later that I fully appreciated it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, when the, all those shows you just name checked. That's what I think of too, though, just the Hell scion
1: days of cartoons.
0: The series was the first in the DCAU to feature multiple superhero guest stars. We had Batman, Aquaman, Dr. Fate, Flash, Green Lantern. That again, this followed Batman the Animated series, mm. but that was just a Batman show, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, whereas this is widely uh, DCU referencing. It did always get me. Season one, the only guest star, the only other character we got was Lobo. Yeah, that's which right. I remember thinking at the time was that like such an odd choice. I knew Lobo enough mm. from the comics, but it was really odd seeing him. And you didn't just see him in the two parter that he was in. Mm. It's in the opening title sequence. Yeah, absolutely. So every single episode, no matter what season it is, you get to see Lobo, which I think still, for people outside of comics, would be quite
1: obscure. Yeah, he's an obscure choice, like you say, but um, I think around the, around the time, DC were really trying to push him in the comics. I mean, Sam Keith had that Lobo book that he did, and I think that's the kind of a look they were going for with the character in the animated show.
0: See, It's a good point, actually. 90s, hmm. Lobo... Worse. That's probably when he was... When he was the biggest. They should give him a spin-off show, a spin-off cartoon, it would work. I mean, for a while they were talking about a live-action movie, and at one point I saw concept art of Danny Treu as Lobo. That would actually be pretty cool, I can see that. That was pretty cool. I, I don't know if Lobo is big enough to carry a movie. I mean, we got him in second season of the Krypton, Krypton. TV and it show. And was
1: a Scottish actor who played him? I think he was Irish. Irish, well anyway, he had an accent. We could, if we really wanted to, not that we have the time on this podcast. We could name check everyone who's played him, <laughs> just for um, posterity's sake. It was Brad Garrett who did the voice of Lobo for this particular show.
0: Yeah, of course, it's Ray's brother. Yeah, from hey. everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> Can I do the impression? Can I do it? You do Go for it.
1: Hey, Raymond. It was. Hey, Raymond. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was. It was that. That voice. You know, I I love that show. It's been so long since I've seen it. I, yeah. Honestly, Robert. That's his name, I was going right, to right. say. Come on, Robert <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say I couldn't remember the character's name. But yeah, yeah. So we get Robo yeah, in the show and the opening title sequence. Mm-hmm. And I, I did find when I was looking up information for the show, mm-hmm. originally they were planning to have an opening similar to Batman the Animated Series, where it's almost like a little movie in itself. Gotcha. Because what's great about that Batman opening, um, and I, it might have
1: well worked for Superman too, was that if you notice, at no point does it ever say Batman on the screen. You just know straight away visually that that's Batman, and I think the same can be said of Superman. He won't, he wouldn't need a logo to pop or really stick out um, any kind of text or wording. Just it's just the iconic iconography of his suit would be enough to show you that
0: that's Superman without a shadow of a doubt. You would know. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point. Yeah, you don't get Superman the animated series. But it's more like a montage. You get clips pretty much from that first season. And that's the opening for the whole run mm. of the show. You know, I did read that, you know, the end title sequence and yep. it's blue and it's got that part silhouette of yep. Superman. Well, apparently that was going to be used on merchandising, but it was deemed that it wasn't recognisable enough. Mm, probably because so it, it was partly obscured yeah so they scrapped it and they used it for the end credits instead but i thought that's you know pretty cool that we still get to you'll this also year. if
1: you're eagle-eyed or eagle-eared in this case you'll notice that they didn't go with the john williams score i don't know if it was, it was something to do with the rights being tied up oh know. no nothing to do with the rights it was okay.
0: intentional they went with somebody else
1: yeah and it was a, a different theme a different refrain for superman that still sounds heroic and i and, and kind of iconic but doesn't have that um,
0: signature sound that you associate with the Richard Donner films. Yeah, but it it still has... I mean, I really like it as as a Superman theme. So the composer is Shirley Walker. Yep. So Danny Elfman did Batman the Animated Series, the theme, but she did the music on the show. Ah. And then she came back here and she did the theme song. And then there was another composer who did the majority of the episodes, although she did score a handful of episodes herself. Interesting. Producer Bruce Tim asked Walker to create a theme that instrumentally said Superman as he believes that's what makes a good Superman theme and that's what we got with John Williams. I can see it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, with John Williams, no doubt. No doubt. He
1: but nailed, even, he nailed that.
0: Yeah, and, and so did she. Like, this mm. song, the opening... And, and it's different. It's a variation of a the theme. It, it is, but it's, the but music know. is still... You can sing along yep. Superman to the theme, yeah, I like it. I've I've always yeah, always I've liked it. Yeah, I've got nothing against it. Mentioned Bruce Tim and well, you mentioned him earlier also along with Paul Dini. Yeah, the show was developed by Bruce Tim and Alan Burnett and of course uh, yes, Burnett. Paul Dini wrote a lot of episodes. The usual suspects, you know, the usual gang of DC cohorts and writers. I feel as though this next part is a waste of time because everybody knows already. Bruce Tim is best known for his contributions building the modern DC Comics animated franchise, most notably the DC animated universe. And mm. he's still working on DC animation to I this love day. that. I love that Bruce Timm has just stayed in that wheelhouse the whole time. I love his art style. Me have too. You, have you seen the art books that he puts out? No, but I must. I want to. It's mainly female nudity. Full wow. nudity, but it's the... It's very odd because it's the it- animation style from the DC you. Gotcha. So
1: so we're talking like, it's almost like life drawing, but he's not doing life drawing. He's doing life drawing Bruce Timm style. Nail it.
0: That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> That's got, awesome. I've got a signed sample book that I know somebody and they had that initially, but then they got an, the actual full book signed by him and I was able to get a actually, hold of the sample. Book. I mean,
1: not being like crass or lewd or dirty
0: or anything, dirty or anything, but that would actually be a really cool thing to have. Yeah, I'll I'll let you have a look. I mean, but again, it's it's as if it's Lois Lane. It's like poison ivy, Harley Quinn posing in the you know in 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 their birthday suits, complete nudity. Yeah, Alan Burnett, he's also um, responsible for developing the show. He's had a hand in virtually every DC animated project since the waning years of Super Friends. Mm -hmm. Burnett's contributions for Disney were largely a part of the 1990s Disney Afternoon where he was attached to the Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears and various projects set in the Scrooge McDuck universe. Ah, like uh, DuckTales. Yeah, I mean, anything... Come on, I grew up with DuckTales. I think, yeah, any, I'd say so, yeah. yeah. But the that block that they were putting out for a number of years in the 90s, So mm-hmm. Bruce Tim, pretty much DC, but Alan Burnett, he's done a little bit of Disney well, Bruce well. Bruce Timm's style is just iconic. His
1: signature style is like everyone, you, you, like he with his males, his men, he draws like big barrel-chested, you know, square-jawed. Uh, his women are nice and soft and feminine, nice, supple, rounded features and... Uh, that, that, that big sexy smile and those uh, big eyes yeah. like, he's got a very dif- definitive and signature style so everyone who's a fan of of, uh, of this sort of stuff whether it be comic books or TV shows pop culture in general uh, people
0: are going to know Bruce Timm style when they see it and we mentioned the DCAU it started with Batman Animated Series then Superman mm-hmm. and after Superman we got Justice League yeah. where we got introduced to pretty much every DC superhero especially when we got to right up. Unlimited yeah but his style is so... Iconic. Unmistak- mm. Unmistakable. Like, yeah. you just know it... Sh- but his style, you just
1: know it straight away. Yeah. I mean, even it's worth noting that DC, the last year or two, have been, did a um, a run of comics called Batman The Adventures Continue, which picks up where Batman The Animated Series pit, uh, left off. And Burnett is is writing it. Deanie's writing it. Um, Bruce Timm has done a few covers for it, but he's not the interior artist. I think it's Ty Templeton.
0: Yeah. I have been reading and enjoying that
1: yeah but we're getting
0: up. things introduced to the animated series continuity that they never featured like jason todd mm-hmm. red hood yeah like it's like as i said it's it's like if the show had been able, able to continue past
1: its um i don't know if it got cancelled but if it passed its ending point
0: well batman animated series I and mean, we should say that the two of us have already covered that on the podcast oh we did yeah the whole episode absolutely dedicated to that and as well as having i think that was no that was four seasons and then there was the rebranding towards the end. Well, they rebooted it sort of. Yeah, they changed up the animation style. Yeah, as well. gave it a new intro. Yeah, so yeah, so it was a little bit mm. different to what we got. I think it was just a bit more kid friendly. Yeah. Towards the end, but it was still good. And then we have got good. a couple of um, movies: Mask of the Phantasm. That's right. The Sub Zero movie as well. Well, back to Superman, mm-hmm. and we should start with Tim Daly, who voices. Kal-El, Clark Kent, Superman, and Bizarro. Oh wow, that's that's quite a
1: long <laughs> list. Isn't he brilliant though? Isn't Tim Daly just like the quintessential Superman voice?
0: He's got a great voice. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know why, but he didn't come back for Justice League. We've got mm. George Newbern for that ah. show. I feel like everyone who's voiced Superman since has tried
1: to do Tim Daly, has tried to be Tim Daly. He's just the voice that you you think
0: of when you when you you know you pitch a Superman dialogue. He said the reason why he signed on to do Superman in the first place because, you know, he thought it would be pretty fun to play a superhero in a superhero cartoon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But he found it quite difficult. He thought, you know, you know a bit of voice acting. He's mainly known for live action. Yeah. And, yeah, animation, it is, it is not easy. No. But I agree with you. He is a fantastic Superman. And Clark Kent, you do hear the distinctions between the two characters. Yeah, because he has to be able to play... Uh,
1: for all intents and purposes, an alter ego. He has to be able to play uh, like a duality of roles. You know, you
0: mentioned the Bruce Timm style. Mm. I think we can both agree. I mean, so when he's Superman, he's big, but of yeah. course, when Superman is Clark Kent, he's just putting on a suit and tie. Yeah. and he's it's still, still it's so massive. In, it's so immediately obvious. Clark Kent is, I think, the biggest in this series that, that Clark Kent's ever he's, been he's, in live action. He sticks out, doesn't he? Like a sort of... Yeah, is a is a big guy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty immediate or pretty apparent. Got Dana Delaney as Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. I'm not too familiar with her outside of this show. God, I've got to be same. honest, yeah, but she's such a fantastic Lois. She did later reprise her role of Lois on Superman Brainiac Attacks, yep, which was a below average feature length episode or movie that they put out after the show had wrapped right and she also oh she voiced lois in the batman ah there remember you go. that show the one they yes. did after batman and it was
1: the edge from u two who provided the music for that oh right i
0: didn't know that yeah i remember that because i remember seeing it on the credits to this day the batman though mm. is pretty cool that i do a, like that, that more cool. so when you get to the season four finale you get introduced to the justice league and then I think that the season five premiere is a two part with Superman, and we get a lot of the Justice League. Nice. I did. I enjoyed that. It's a much younger. Yeah, it was a good show. It was it was different and it was cool. It was just strange but cool. Yeah, it's a much younger Batman. I remember Joker didn't have shoes. And... Joker looked really weird. Really he had, like, dreadlocks and stuff. I think he and... was um, John DiMaggio. It could have been That's right. Kevin, Michael Richardson. Was it Michael Kevin Michael Richardson? One of them two did it.
1: Yeah, because those two have, have both voiced him before.
0: Yeah. I th- yeah, he, we'll have to find that off air. Them. We'll look that up. Yeah, it's it's not relevant to this particular no, episode, not. but it's, it's it's a bit yeah. of trivia that you and I can look up off air. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm generally interested. Now you asked mm-hmm. before we hit record. Yep. Who voiced Lex Luthor? And I can tell you. Go on. It's Clancy Brown. Wow. Okay. And he is phenomenal as Lex. Isn't as well. he? Like a lot of the Bruce Timm animated series, the voice you hear. He's often the voice you hear when you read in the comics. Yes. And Clancy Brown yes. as Lex Luthor is incredible. Bingo. And if you're looking for Clancy Brown in live action, he's right. the bad guy in the first Highlander movie. Okay. That's him. All right. Yeah. Do big, we... menacing, and Intimating. he's done many things in film and TV wow. since. But for me, he as... will always be Oh Lex yeah. Luthor.
1: As Lex, is, doesn't he have that really velvety kind of voice? It's velvety, it's rich, it's dulcet. It's... Yeah. Something about it is just so smug and repugnant, and it, just it, it's, it's all just those
0: things. Lex, it's, it's deep, it's smooth. There's just something about his voice, the gravitas that it has. The the look of Lex, though, apparently, was modelled on Telly Savalas. His portrayal of Stavro Blofeld in Her Majesty's Secret Service. Okay. The I'm James not... Bond film with George Lazenby. Right. So that's kind of what the you know the look that they are going for. Interesting. I did read that Sherman Howard he auditioned for the role of Lex, mm-hmm. a role he'd played previously in live action on the Superboy TV series from '88. Yep. But of course, Clancy Brown. Oh man,
1: Clancy Brown just leaves him in his wake.
0: We've got the you know the usual supporting characters: Perry White, yeah. uh, George, Denonza. Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, Jimmy Olsen is in there. They slightly gave him an updated look mm-hmm. for the time. Modern casual attire gave yep. him longer hair. We... He's played by David Kaufman.
1: Yep. We
0: get uh, we don't get a Zod, but we get Jack's Ur. We do. And did you did you notice who was voicing Jack's Ur? No. Ron Pillman. Holy crap. Honestly, the cast now I want to on go, this show. I want to go back and listen to that again now. Is, now that I know it's, it's incredible. Said it
1: was Ron Pellman. Ron yeah. I'm going to go back and hear that.
0: So we don't get Zod. We get Jaxer uh, from the comics. Who you looks know, remarkably like Zod. Yeah, but, it, you know, honestly, back in the day, I was always disappointed that it wasn't Zod. Yeah, me too. But at the time in the comics, they were fairly interchangeable, and mm. the version of Jaxxer we get in the show is an amalgamation of Jaxxer and General Zod.
1: Yeah, you can, and it's immediately apparent. I mean, having watched that two-parter in my prep for... as part of my prep for this episode, um, it's almost like Zack Snyder watched that and went, you know what, I'm going to lean heavily on this for, for my Man of Steel movie because some of it is almost verbatim. Some of what happens is almost like what he puts in Man of Steel. Yeah. You know, like Sir's trial
0: could, for all intents and purposes, be... Michael Shannon's General Zod's trial. So we don't get Zod, we no. get Jack Sir, and we don't get Ursa, we get Marla. Yeah. But interestingly, Marla is voiced by Sarah Douglas, who played Ursa in the Christopher Reeve movies. Wow. Well, it's confusing. <laughs> do, yeah, that's like... Um, really is. That's a fourth wall in a fourth wall. Marla is based on the Kryptonian Phantom Zone villains Ferrora mm. and Ursa. Ferrora is who Snyder used in uh, the Ferrora, yep. Oh actually, but yes, Douglas did voice Marla, but the original voice of the character was actually for Leslie your... Easterbrook. Oh, well, there you go. Callahan from Police Academy. <laughs> All right, But then they right later on. brought in Callahan. They later yeah. brought in Sarah Douglas, which is pretty cool because she's got that connection mm. to the Superman movies. Nice. One of the main supporting characters in here is Dan Turpin, mm-hmm. who is a character that I knew enough on the comics. Like, keep in mind this is a 90s show. It it leaned heavily on 90s comics. Yeah. Not too much to the point where at the time of this show, Superman and the Comics had long hair. You had a mullet, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't do that. Oh, I'm yeah. glad that been terrible. they left out Eradicator, Superboy, Doomsday. Yeah. We've had that. that we've had it elsewhere. We've got it in the comics. Do you remember when like there was that awful
1: run of Superman Comics where they gave him a complete design overhaul? And he lost the cape and everything, and it was like a blue and white costume. Yeah, when he was electric blue
0: Superman. Yeah, yeah, and he had at this some point, stupid headband and everything. He oh, you know, like, was a containment suit that was, hold, that was holding him together. Otherwise, he's, he'd turn into like living electricity and just disperse. I've I got to be honest. so dumb. I I quite liked it, knowing it would never be a long-term thing. Mm. I enjoyed it for what it was. I've got some cool comics with covers. Could've. One where... It's got Superman Blue in yep. his on the cover. He's in the Batcave. Yeah, they, they did put out some. It could have almost been comics.
1: Elseworlds. They could have, They might as well just have made that Elseworlds if it wasn't. They canon. Just
0: they wanted to do something different. Yeah. I I liked it. I guess you can for, respect it for what the, it was. for those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, going back to Turpin though, it's yep. so Dan Turpin, a hard-hitting cop. It wasn't until I read this back and I went back and looked at the character. Mm-hmm. His character design was based on Jack Kirby. Oh wow. Which I think is excellent. It's got Which the, has got the classic rugged Kirby kinda, yeah. eyebrows. Yeah, he, rugged exterior. Yeah, I I love when love I that of, fact. When I think of Kirby, I think of like
1: the thing and characters like that, just really rugged and scrappy. This this show, honestly, it
0: wasn't until going back and watching it again now, it's got so much of Jack Kirby in it, and Can they you- they leaned, like the creatives involved, they were leaning into. Kirby, Kirbyism, the Fourth World, the Fourth Worlds, New Gods, Dark Side mm. features so much, and voiced by Michael Ironside is such oh, yeah.
1: a good Dark Side. Yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine what Superman comics would be like if Jack Kirby had drawn
0: them? Oh yeah. Well, he did for a while, didn't he? He did draw briefly, or at least he wrote briefly. Superman. Yeah, many years ago. But long term, if he had, they had had him drawing, would have been amazing. There's a two parter. Mm-hmm. Apocalypse Now, okay. of course, the Which is... DC spelling of Apocalypse. Yeah, with the K. Originally, it had Martin Parr Kent killed, but they decided they couldn't do that because they would have had to have found a way to bring them back to life. So instead, they had the character Dan Turpin be killed, ah. and it was final. The character did die in that two-part come No turn. comeback. Mm-hmm. Mercy Graves. She is pretty cool. A character created for this show. She is Lex Luthor's henchwoman, ah, and she's yeah pretty much his Harley Quinn. Yeah, I think she's not as
1: crazy as as no, Harley, but she's he's yeah underling. I think they actually did use her in you know, a run of comics um, after the show. Like they actually ended up putting her in the comics because I do remember her running around in the comics with Lex.
0: Yeah, she's been in the comics. I'm pretty sure it could have been maybe it was smallville or maybe it was supergirl but i've certainly seen this character somewhere in in live action but yep. yeah she's a she's a cool character nice. and you know she sticks by lex you know thick and thin you know she makes a point in one episode and superman's like why? Why do you stay with him? And she's like, you know, I had nothing. I was eating out of the trash can. Yeah, he took and me in. He took me in, and I'll do anything to to protect him. And yeah. I like that. I like that. The loyalty relationship. Yeah. Mm. We've got Corey Burton as Brainiac. Nice. We're getting a slightly different look to the character in in the show, and he the skin off. color is a little bit different mm. as well to what we'd normally have. Mm. Instead of the traditional green, we've got turquoise. Mm. Yeah, it's a
1: it's a cool design. Brainiac's one of those characters that like I never really started out respecting or paying much sort of credence to, but it wasn't until probably when Blake Ritson portrayed him in live action for the Krypton show that we talked about, we mentioned earlier, that I just went, wow, okay, this, this character has a, this villain has the potential to be so so badass and so awesome, and Ritson just did such a good job bringing him to life. So that made me respect Brainiac
0: as a villain. Yeah, no, he he played him fantastically, yet certainly mm. the most menacing. Yeah, yeah, that's the right, right word to use. With my rewatch, I went back and I started with the three-parter, the last son of Krypton. Yep. And Brainiac is there on Krypton. He's the computer AI. that the scientists are yeah. using for information. Yeah. And they basically go to him. Jor-El is saying that the planet is doomed. What do you say, Brainiac? And Brainiac's going, nope, nope, everything... Is fine. Wow. And then you find out that he knew that Krypton was doomed. But it's he's just for him bluffing. If people knew about it, he'd have to then do something about it and he mm. didn't want to. And that's when we first are introduced to Brainiac, but not in a humanoid form. No. And then it comes back later on in the season, like yeah. numerous stuff. But times. It's much like the live action Krypton show, very similar circumstances. In that um opening episode. Jorel is voiced by Christopher McDonald, shooter McGavin. Yes. As soon as you said that name, I was like, Shooter. <laughs> Which I thought was um uh, pretty good. There's an episode, I think it's in season two. Mr. Mixes Piddlick. Ah, uh, Mixer Pick. Yeah, yeah, voiced by Gilbert
1: Godfrey. He voiced him oh, he's... later on down the track, too, in Did the he? Justice League
0: Action Show. Okay, oh that's right. Yeah, he, yeah. he came back, didn't he? Yeah. But yeah, he's the first episode he's in. He essentially he first gives the terms of the task. Oh, he says to Superman, "You know, you need to trick me to say my name backwards, and he can't come back with you know until that three months have passed." Mm-hmm. So over the period of the episode, like we're jumping forward three months at a time. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's a fun episode. It's really fun. Oh, to watch And that. a lot of it, it's well, it's mainly down to Gilbert Gottfried. He's just being him. Fantastic. Yeah, he's got such a good voice for it. Really
1: iconic voice. If you're not familiar with him, he was the voice of Iago, the parrot,
0: in Aladdin. He's also the guy in the children's home in Problem Child.
1: Yes. So you want to adopt a child. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's that's a a movie I'd always go to for him. And honestly... Like all these DC shows, like the, the voice cast is incredible. So we've mm. got John Corbin Metallo. And turns out this is the first time the characters actually appeared in animation. But go. voicing him, Malcolm McDowell. Hey, there you go. There's a name. <gasps> oh, there is a name. He, yeah. He's so old good, school. The delivery. Yeah. He's so old school. Granny Goodness. Now, this always got me. Yeah. Essentially, so Granny Goodness is voiced by Ed Asner. Wow, who recently passed away too. He did, and you if you're unfamiliar with the name, you'd know him as Carl, the old man from Up, the Pixar movie. Oh, that was a sad movie. I loved it, but it made me cry. You know, there's a new show on Disney Plus now called Dog Days, and Ed Asner does appear as Carl, but oh. it's all about the dog. And I think they're like 10-minute episodes. Wow. Worth watching. Would have, been,
1: would have been one of the last things he recorded, too. I would it would
0: be, yeah. yeah. I did a couple with the kids last night. Oh, nice. It's a lot of fun. i want to watch it. But anyway, Ed Asner sounding just like Ed Asner. That's but cool. Voicing Granny Goodness. How cool is that? Oh, so good. Like, I could never quite work it out That's genius. it as a kid. That's brilliant. Really, like, can
1: you imagine? I think typically, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but Andrea, Andrea Romano... Just yep. the voice casting director for all of DC's animated properties.
0: She struck creative gold there by casting Asna. Oh, it is it is so good. And granted goodness, if yeah. you listen to this, I'm sure you're familiar with the character. But if you're not, she's got the mannerisms of a kindly old lady. But which she sounds like Ed Asna. Yeah, she's then, ruthless. She's badass. To go with a voice, she's a cruel tormentor. Yeah. Who tortures people, yeah. And one of Darkseid's most loyal lieutenants. Yeah. Kalibak, who is one of Darkseid's sons, he's voiced by Michael Dawn. "Worf, oh, from Star Commander Worf, yeah. Suck my ridges, Picard." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so cool. No, he also it. he also voices John Henry Irons, AKA oh, Steel. He's got an iconic voice too. That I mentioned they missed, you know, they didn't do Reign of the Superman, no Superboy Eradicator, but we did get Steel, although nice. unlike in the comics, he doesn't have the red cape and mm. he doesn't have the S on the chest. And at the time, I think a couple of years after the show had first aired, mm-hmm. we got the Shaq O'Neal. Oh, I was Steel just about to say, it's an interesting side note, see, not, re- not related to this podcast <laughs> at all. I still have yet to see Shaq Steele. Oh, won't... you need to see it. You know, we've, I've got to watch Shaq Steele. We've covered most on this podcast at this point and oh, yep. Steele has already been covered. Damn. It's on, where did I last watch it? I think it's on Binge. In right. Australia, oh, I just got rid of my binge subscription. Oh, that's bad timing. But yeah. it's it's on there. But you know, I'm sure you can find another way to watch it. I know it's on Apple Movies. Okay, I'll have to well. look for it. Okay, but in the show so again, no cape, no S. There is a scene where you get John Henry Irons, and he's wearing, um, he's wearing a jersey. Yep. he's got a number five. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like an S. So they kind of did he reference slime? Not really. But of course we get Steel. I'd love to in... I'd love it
1: if Shaq came back and reprised
0: his role with Steel even if it's only just a voiceover. It would be cool. I agree with that. That would be, be awesome cool if it did. We got Steel recently. Blinking or missing him in Teen Titans go to the movies. That would have been a good time. Yeah. to bring Shaq back. But I was just going to say though in live action at the moment we've got a live action Steel. We've got Steel on the Superman lower show. Yep. which is Pretty cool that we're still getting to see that character. But again, no cape, no S, but it's him. Seems to be what they're going to go with. An original character, Livewire, voiced by Laurie Petty. She's got electrical powers. Again, she's a completely original villain created for this series. Originally, she was Leslie Willis, an Mm -hmm. obnoxious chock-jock and notorious critic of Superman. But then she's later transformed into... Electric powered supervillain. There you go. So she's one like Harley Quinn, started in animation, and then for a time she did appear in the comics.
1: I wonder if she was a Paul Danny creation, much like Harley Quinn.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Be interesting to find out. For the most part, it is Tim Daly as Clark Kent. Yep. But in the three parters, I would imagine this would have been part two of the last Son of Krypton. We've got Jason Marsden as teammate. Oh, yeah, Cyclops. Clark Kent. No, James. James Marsden. Perhaps. I always used to get those guys mixed up. Uh, I honestly what? did. <laughs> uh, I got those guys mixed up. But yeah, it's another it's another person. This is Jason Marsden, the animation guy. Right. We get a version of Supergirl in this show, voiced by Nicole Tom. Okay. Bruce Tim originally wanted to use the original pre-Crisis Kara Zor-El version yeah. of Supergirl. That would have been cool which is Superman's cousin from Krypton. However, they ran into a wall with DC because they insisted that Superman be the last Kryptonian. Yeah. So they did a compromise. She's from a small planet called Argos in the neighboring system that was colonized by Kryptonians. But they've evolved slightly differently. So there we go. So she's so it's a bit of a caveat. And they're saying a small planet called Argos. Mm. Well, we know Kara is from Argo City. Yeah, so I can see what they've done there. Yeah, they've tried yeah. to, they've tried to they've do tried some to, kind of referencing. It. Yeah, Supergirl's costume was redesigned for this series, which gave her an individual, independent look rather than being close to Superman's costume. Mm. The redesigned costume consisted of a white shirt and gloves with a blue skirt and red boots. This design was later transferred to the comics after. The series ended. I remember that costume in the comics. It was around for. Do I don't remember quite a while. in the comics? I remember it in, like, in in animation, but not the comics. Honestly, like I grew up reading just my main go-to was Superman comics, so I've got a, a lot of yeah. knowledge from there. So yeah, I I remember seeing that costume cool. a lot. You know, at one point they were looking at the idea of using Matrix from the comics. You know that time where Supergirl had died in Crisis, and then you had Matrix, who was like a like an energy alien life form. And Linda Danvers, a human on Earth, died. And then the alien matrix merged with Linda Danvers to become the new Supergirl. And she was like an Earth angel with flame wings. Does any of this ring a bell? It was pretty crazy. None whatsoever. I read it again recently. Sounds,
1: that- <laughs> sounds like you're on
0: acid. It's crazy, man. Honestly, <laughs> I read it again recently. That's written cool. by Peter David. It's, it's, oh, obviously, yeah. it's really good, but it's a lot of... Peter David's a big name. Heaven, hell, aliens. Well, okay. And she does have a relationship with Superman. But it's, it's a whole other thing. I swear they do. I'm did. glad we didn't get that in the show. No, no. I,
1: the only Supergirl costume I remember is the skimpy little red skirt and the shirt that looks a lot
0: like um, Superman's. Yeah. And the you know, tiny cape. I remember when, when Jeff Loeb did the Superman Batman comic yep. and the... The first volume was Public Enemies, where it was Superman and Batman on the run. They adapted it into a movie. Yeah, that's right. Wasn't
1: Michael Turner doing
0: the art for it? Ed McGuinness did the art on that, no, but Michael guess. Turner did the second volume, which yeah. was Supergirl. And they made it into a movie also. And that the the redesign he did for that costume, that was Supergirl for such a long time in yeah. the comics. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's, that's ringing a bell. that no, you mentioned that. So we could talk about some more of the villains that we get in here. We've got... Yep. Wood Court as winslow shot mm-hmm. toy man got to oh, yeah. be honest this version of toy man terrifying it's essentially a ventriloquist doll it's very different to how toy man Isn't had been portrayed previously but for like, batman yeah what often happens this was then how toy man appeared in the comics also yeah they must have loved it so much they they assimilated it into the comics maxima is another character we get in the show she's a character I'm more closely associated with, Superboy, Oh yep. the clone to Connell. like he's yeah yeah with the black shirt and the jeans, yeah. So where we had the black leather jacket, and I think that version's appeared. Well, it has. It's Teen back Titans. in comics now mm. in Teen Titans, but yeah, so she appeared for a long time in in her comics. This was the first time outside of comics the character had actually appeared. Yeah, we've got Parasite, Rudy Jones, voiced by Brian James. The first time Parasite had been portrayed with purple skin again wow, yeah. since his appearance in Superman Animated Series, he's always purple. Yeah, so many firsts in this show. Like Absolutely, he's he just sh- getting it right, and then everywhere else is thinking, "Yep, we need to do it that way."
1: Yeah, pa- Parasite Parasite showed up in um, uh, a more recent, a more recent Superman Animated movie. Was it Man of Tomorrow? Man of Tomorrow, which restarted the new shared continuity in animation in and yeah. films. And also, Lobo is in that coincidentally, voiced by Ryan Hurst from Sons of Anarchy. Ah, that's right. And yeah, that, I quite
0: like that version. I liked that. Yeah, and I liked the movie. Although yeah. the, the version of Parasite, he essentially just a giant. He grows freak. to be yeah. uh, like a kaiju, like a Godzilla-sized yeah, monster. Basically, it was cool though. It was cool. I, I did. It. I did really enjoy that movie. And Me since sure. then, shared continuity, they have done. What did they do next? They did the Justice Society World War II. Most recently, they did Batman The Long Halloween 1 and 2. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet, but I want to. And I think there's another one that I'm blanking. I'm sure there's another one, but that's building the shared continuity. That's pretty awesome. I've got to get around to watching Long Halloween, but I digress. Oh, honestly, so good. Parts 1 and 2. Yeah, well, I
1: mean, I collected parts of the run-in comics, so I want to actually watch the animated film.
0: Yeah, I I enjoyed both parts. Nice. Weather Wizard is in this show, voiced by Miguel Fuhr. Mm-hmm. He also voices Aquaman. Right. But the interesting thing about him voicing Weather Wizard, he also played the character, although renamed Weatherman, in the Justice League of America, live-action TV pilot from 1997. Ooh, there you go.
1: Wasn't Weather Wizard one of the Flash's rogues or villains?
0: Yes. Yeah, there you go. Flash does appear, though. Oh, it's nice. the Wally West version. Oh, Barry Allen, yeah. And then even when they got to Justice League, they continued to use the Wally West version. Wally West, yeah. So yeah, you got Weather Wizard going up against the Flash. We also get Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, for the first time in animation. But of course, when they got to Justice League, Jon Stewart was uh, the Green yes. Lantern. John Stewart was awesome. On the team. Oh, so just going back to Aquaman, mm-hmm. in this series, he is designed with his classic Aquaman appearance having yep. an orange and green costume short hair and a clean shaven face yep this character appears again in the first season of justice league but he's got the beard the long hair and he's got the hook for the hand yeah so initially you can the... see where they, they were going for jason Momoa with that oh no this was way before jason yeah i know Momoa. i know it was you can see where they took their inspiration from so in the 90s would have got the grant morrison comics i think he might have had Oh man, wasn't Grant Morrison just crazy? Oh, writing? I loved his run on JLA, but All I think that's where we yeah. first got that version of Aquaman, and then. But I can see what you're saying though. Like, if you're gonna look at where they could have based him more on, he mm. definitely looks more like the '90s era. Yeah, Aquaman. with the long hair, the beard. The animation style we talked about already. It's pretty much more of what we got with Batman animated series. Only if that show is nighttime, this show is day. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's it's a lot It's all bright better.
1: primary colours and stuff, whereas Gotham was all dark and seeped in shadow and stuff. The Superman
0: costume, classic. Yeah. Trunks on the outside. Iconic. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's what, on the outside. It's what you want. The only thing is that the animation team removed the S-Shield from his cape. But, of course, that was to save themselves from having to animate how the shield would look on the cape yeah, as, it, as it moved when he moved. I mean, they even did that same thing with Henry Cavill. For the mm. most part, when you're seeing him as Superman, the cape is CGI. I did, never, I did not know that. For the most part. Wow. I mean, there's going to be some scenes where he's standing still and it wouldn't make yeah. sense yeah. to have it CGI. But often, if he's outside, the cape is moving. If the cape is moving or in movement, that's CGI. But if it's, he's standing still, yeah. that's the real cape. It's CGI. Interesting. It's what I always loved about Lois and Clark. Like he had the yellow S on the cape. Yeah, that's right. For, you always <laughs> yeah. forget, tend to forget about that, don't you? You just think of it being a red cape. You don't realise that it had the, had the shield or the crest. Yeah, for me, I'm a big fan of the S on, yeah. on the cape. But more yeah, you're and more, right. you're absolutely they, right. they leave it off. It's easier, just, yeah, easier it's to yeah, it. It's such a pain in the ass to, have to try and animate that, like you say. Tyler Heckland, Superman and Lois.
1: Oh. No S on yeah. his cape. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. And I think, you know, obviously,
0: that's set a trend. It, yeah, but you know, my preference is still to have it. But oh, yeah. I understand. I said, yeah, you're you're, you're a purist, why. though. You, yeah. love, you love your Superman. If we're talking about the look of Superman... He resembles both of his Kryptonian parents. Yep. He's got Jor-El's looks and mm-hmm. his mother, Lara's, curl in his hair. Yeah, the iconic... <laughs> he's got the curl. But honestly, you, you go back and look and, yes, Lara does have the curl. It's the first time I've seen Lara anywhere, live-action or animation, have the Superman curl.
1: But it's a really nice way of explaining how he's got the unique curl in his hair. Yeah, it's, it's good.
0: Again, like he's got it's something from both parents. Great, great device. Because yeah. if you look at how jor-el is drawn in this show mm. it's superman without the curl. that's yeah. like the only difference really oh i guess superman's built a bit bigger but he looks whereas um like a...
1: in years since everyone's tried to go with the moan Brando style jor-el do you reckon yeah do you i mean even even like russell crowe is trying to in his own way trying
0: to be a little bit uh, like i've not really seen that and if you look at jor-el on the superman and lois show He's almost like he's a gangster. I don't, know, I don't know where they got that guy from. <laughs> he, he's not doing Brando, and he's got like black hair with a black beard. I don't know. That's he's crazy, kind man. Of an off-looking. Usually, he's Joel. got grey in the temples or a bit of grey in his beard. What I did notice unlike, like, so the Kryptonian clothing loosely resembles the post-crisis comic designs with a Jack Kirby influence to them. So there again, like Jack Kirby was Must such been, an inspiration yeah, yeah. for this show, but you can I really do. See it. I do like the way the Kryptonians are dressed in this because sometimes it's just really weird, don't they? Like It's
1: cool in this. The Blast from the past episode, where they're dressed really weird and they're wearing those suits and making them
0: look like Gumby. (laughs) I didn't rewatch that episode because I knew you were going to rewatch it. Yeah. I mean, tonally, this show is primarily based on the the post crisis continuity, which was developed by John Byrne. Yep. Another iconic comics name. Of course. X Men. The series also pays tribute to and utilizes pre-crisis elements. So he's able to pick and choose. But a big thing about the John Byrne era, Marvin Park Kent is still alive. Yeah, which is cool. So in the 90s, you've got two shows. And in both of them, Lois and Clark and this, his parents are alive. And I really, I do like that. Yeah. I like that he can just go home to Smallville. See his folks. And just be with his parents. Yeah, that's
1: cool. It's too easy to, as a writer, to have a plot device whereby you kill one of his parents, you know that's that's too That's the lazy way or the easy way out. I'm We're...
0: still not over Kevin Costner. And oh, I, I know, Ryan. <laughs> Us fanboys. We got some trauma. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so as I said, to my my rewatch, we can go through a couple of the episodes now or a few of the episodes. Yeah, do it. I started with Last Son of Krypton parts one and two. It's a very well structured retelling of the origin. It gives you everything you need to know about Superman. You start with baby Kal-el on Krypton. You've got teenage Clark Kent. He's in Smallville with Lana Lang, and then he's gradually becoming Superman. Goes up against Lex for the first time. It's honestly, it is it's everything so you good. want in an origin retelling. I remember I used to have it on VHS to put it out as a feature length. Wow, oh, brilliant! VHS is so good. <laughs> well, okay, you started with *Blast from the Past*. I did the Jack Sawyer episodes. And yeah. this is you know, well, you can you can talk about this one.
1: Like I said, it just felt like um Zack Snyder must have watched those and just started jotting down notes like, oh, I want to use a lot of this for my Man of Steel movie. It literally it's it's almost like he just went, I'll take this scene, I'll take that scene, yeah. I like the way that's set up, yep, I like that idea, I'll expand on that some more. It's it's almost like he's just watched that and gone, I'm gonna swap Jack out for Zod and make this all about you know, Zod's interaction and his his military coup and how he's sentenced to the Phantom Zone and all that kind of it's basically all that kind of stuff. He borrows
0: really heavily from it. So probably that's, a good sort of feels like. Yeah, it's probably a good recommendation. If you're listening right. to this and you've not actually seen the show and you like Man of Steel, yeah. maybe go and start go with Go and watch I mean, these episodes. This is a two parter, it's the first two episodes of season two. So maybe you could start with them and if you enjoy it, go back Work your way back, yeah. To the last son of Krypton. Absolutely. Go from there. Yeah, and the other two I watched
1: were was an two part of that was the aforementioned Lobo episode.
0: That's right. Yes,
1: I watched yeah, it's where Lobo has a contract out on a little uh, creature which uh, belongs to a master who is not unlike Jabba the Hut, and um, in appearance, and basically has to uh, make good on his contract, collect this creature, has a run in with Superman somehow along the way, um, and his benefactor or his employer. Who has put this? Who has paying for his contract? Um, basically, ends up who, who's a lot like the collector. Ends up capturing them and keeping both Superman and Lobo uh, for himself in his big giant mothership, in his collection of exotic creatures. And it's it's not hard to draw comparisons to the Marvel's collector with this character, but. Um, yeah, great episodes and really interesting to hear brad garrett's take on lobo his voice is a perfect fit for the character
0: oh yeah I and agree. stylistically it's like they went with sam keith's artwork for, for lobo i've mentioned the mixy episode that i've watched already um brave new metropolis is another one that i watched in the episode lois lane ends up in an alternate reality where superman became super fascist after Lois was killed by Intergang, turning Metropolis into a police state that he and Lex Luthor lord over. So this could be a good primer if you're mm. getting ready to watch the animated adaption of Injustice. Or Red, Red Sun, even. Or Red Sun, yes. Yeah. So that this, has Red Sun undertones to it. This is an episode where Superman went bad, but with Lois from another reality, he you know kind of sees the error of his ways, but that's a good one to watch. Mm. Ghost in the Machine is a good episode with Brainiac. He captures Lex and forces him to create a new body for him. In that one, you get quite a bit with Mercy Graves. In fact, that's the one where Superman asks, why do you work for him? Interesting. That's all in that episode. Have to check that one out. Now, I mentioned Last Son of Krypton, having that as a three-parter on VHS. Another one that I had that I was so excited for, it was called The Superman Batman Movie. Oh, nice. But in reality, it's the three-part episode, World's Finest. Ah, yes. So good. Season 2, Kevin Conroy guest stars as Batman. It is it is brilliant. The episode depicts the first meeting of Batman and Superman in the DCAU when Batman comes to Metropolis in pursuit of the Joker, who's offered to kill Superman for Lex. It is fantastic. You get mercy and Harley Quinn going up against each other. You've got Batman appearing to Lex in his bedroom late at night. And the fear that you hear from Clancy Brown is just so good. That's cool. Honestly, it is. to go back and watch that. It, it, it's amazing. It, it is. It's you almost like it. worlds are
1: colliding. You're just like, whoa, all these awesome characters are meeting up for the first
0: time. Holy crap. And as you say, you've seen Justice League. You've seen everything that's yeah. come after it. But this is the first meeting well, of these characters. A genuine, true meeting between them all. And there's a later episode as well. I was trying to re-watch it, but I ran out of time. And it's essentially an episode where Batman is missing... Robin reaches out to Superman, who goes to Gotham, and pretends to be Batman. Nice. But still obviously has his Superman powers. It's pretty cool. Maybe He'd be like a way bigger Batman. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Not awesome. too much bigger, though. Like you, know, all, like you said, all of Bruce Tim's guys, massive.
1: Yeah, they are. <laughs> Even like Vic Sage, the question in Justice League.
0: He's that's a good point. Huge. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. The final two episodes I watched, and I felt like I have to get to these episodes... Legacy, part one and two. Superman is brainwashed to believe he is the adopted son of Darkseid and now has orders to conquer Earth. In part two, now free of Darkseid's influence, but in US military custody after being subdued, Superman breaks free to retaliate against the new god, Despot. There you go. Honestly, it is amazing. It is so good. Like Darkseid has appeared on and off throughout this show and it essentially ends with Darkseid about to use his Omega beams on Superman and just as the beams are about to fire, Superman covers his eyes with his hands. Oh, nice. And the blast just implodes and Darkseid's defeated. Superman picks him up, that is you know his his costumes all battle torn, yeah. And he throws Darkseid down to his people, his slaves essentially. And Superman's like, he's defeated. Do with him what you will. And do you know what they do? They help him up. Wow. We're here, Master. We'll help you. And wow. And that's kind of where he ended. And Supergirl arrives, and she's saying to Superman, like, you can't go down to. Dark side level, because yeah. if you do, you'll kill, and that will be it. That'll be the end. Yeah. And that's pretty much where where the show ends. Wow. Originally this two-part finale was intended to kick off a season's worth of episodes about Superman regaining the world's trust. However, a pushback and other projects, including Batman. Beyond from ninety nine yep. led to it being produced as a finale instead. Hmm. While the theme of public distrust for metahumans became a underlining plot thread in Justice League when we got that show in two thousand and one. Yeah, that was a good show. Batman Beyond is one that I would love to get to one day. Yeah, I remember absolutely. again, say, I bought so many DC animated VHSs back in the day. I got the uh, the feature length pilot. But in the UK, it was called Batman of the Future. Oh, right. So they didn't call Batman Beyond. It wasn't until years later that we actually got that branding. But I remember it was called Rebirth. And Mm. Batman Beyond is such a good show.
1: Yeah, I'll have to get around to watching that.
0: Have you seen it? Not Batman Beyond. Oh, wow. You gave me Return of the Joker. Yes. And I've got,
1: it's been sitting in my bedroom for like
0: oh, you'd need to see a long time, and I need to get around to watching it. You need to see the show first, but that, that's a good point. I mentioned Brainiac Attacks, that feature-length Superman animated series movie. It is not good; like, it is a bad movie. You look at Batman the animated series. It had a really good movie in Mask of the Phantasm, and you look at Batman Beyond. Return of the Joker is such a dark, twisted take, and it is a really nice. good movie. I'll get into that. I'll have to watch it. Maybe we can cover it. It's just a shame that Superman he didn't get that send-off. Although yeah. he did get three, three solid seasons. Yeah. So if you're going to rate Superman the Animated Series out of five... I'm coming in with a 4.5. Um,
1: yeah, 4.5. That's close to a five. Um, I liked it. I thought it was, from the snippets I saw of it, I genuinely liked. There's not a lot to not like about this show. Um, it's, it's really good. It's, uh, it feels iconic. It, it's Superman. It's it's the Superman you know and love. Um, the voice cast is exceptional, as we as we have well said, well documented. Um, animation is Bruce Tim, so you know you know you're gonna get quality. The writing is great. Um, there's really not a lot you could say negatively about this show. It's all pretty positive. So I'm coming in just under five, or four point five.
0: I agree. All of the above. Only I'm gonna come in a little bit higher. I'm gonna come in with a five. I Love this show. I love the character, and I I have so much fun every every time I watch this show. And I'm so glad that we've finally been able to cover it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. no no doubt it's a solid five for me. And we've covered a lot of Superman. We have on the show. Yeah, whether it be Smallville, Man of Steel, Man of Steel. Batman Superman. Have we done that. You want justice? No, we covered that. We've covered it, but on. That film's too. Nah. But on Sounds Like Comics, you know, we've done Superman three, Superman four, The Quest for Peace. Yeah. We've done so the he, Supergirl movie. You know, we're no strangers to him. We've done a lot of Superman. I'm glad that we've finally got to Superman the animated series. And knowing you've not seen Batman Beyond, for you need to watch that and then have us talk about it, yeah, that would be a really yeah, that'd be great that,
1: That's, that's a, a, a Sounds Like Comics episode for the future for sure.
0: Oh, definitely. We call it Sounds Like Comics Beyond. <laughs> One day, we will get to <laughs> Justice League. And I think we'd have to do it as a two-parter. We'd do Justice League and then Justice League Unlimited. Didn't we do those? We haven't. We've done Justice it League just action. It feels like we have. Uh, well, I guess we've talked like about have. it on and off, but we've never yeah, done yeah, a we've, full... We've meant,
1: you're right. We've mentioned it on and off on occasion, but we've not actually
0: sat down and dissected the thing. Yeah, we've never done a full episode, but that'd have to be split in two. There's so much to talk about there. Yeah, yeah we, could do a, we could do a
1: double feature episode for sure.
0: But I feel like Batman Beyond first... Yep. then we can get to Sounds good. You heard it link. you heard it here first listeners. Well that's it for our episode all about Superman the animated series. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. As always, it's always a pleasure and never a chore. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.